The scripture reading for this morning is uh, from Romans chapter 15, verses 1 through 7. We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each of us should please our neighbors for their good to build them up. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude and mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had, so that with one mind and one voice you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. This is the word of God for us. On any given day, evangelical Christians are twice as likely to open Facebook as they are their Bibles. I discovered that this week as I read about a survey that was done of Christian believers. In this survey, they responded, 66% of them saying they use Facebook at least once a day. Only 32% said they read the Bible every day. <laughs> Needless to say, this is disheartening. <laughs> and I want to encourage us this morning that we would be shaped more by scripture than by social media. And I'll say this too. Not that I'm anti-social media or against it, but I don't think social media has really made us any more social, has it? <laughs> In fact, I think it's kind of had the opposite effect. It's made us more hateful, more angry, more divided. In fact, I'm thinking about changing my own social media handle to read, not my name, but read nobody. That way, when someone posts things that are hateful and rude and disgusting, I can click the thumbs up button and it will say, nobody likes this. <laughs> People are having a hard time getting along. It is an age-old problem, and yet it's very real for us today. We live in a world that is cruel. We live in a world that's mean-spirited, probably nowhere more evident than in the online world. We're so quick to point out the wrongs that we see in others. But let it not be that way in the bride of Christ. As the church, as followers of Jesus, we're called to something different. So the New Testament gives us 59 one another statements. 59 ways that we are to treat others within the kingdom of God. It is a beautiful picture of brothers and sisters in Christ living in harmony. If you were here last week, we actually learned the Greek word for it. I'll share it again with, with us. This, this idea of, in the Greek, it's one word. As we translate it into English, it's the two words of one another. And, we, and it's really a verb. We are to one another. We are doing this business of one anothering. And part of the reason I share it is because it's ironic because the Greek word is all alone. It sounds like all alone. And yet when we one another, we're doing just the opposite. We're coming alongside one another. And so some examples of, of these one another statements would be like love one another. That one, by the way, is listed 15 times more than any other. 
Encourage one another, serve one another, pray for one another, accept one another. That one comes from Romans 15. We just heard it. Phil did the scripture reading for us. And that's where we're going to camp out this morning. Romans 15, we look at it, we see it in verse 7. If you have your Bible with you, by the way, open up to Romans chapter 15. We'll be in chapters 14 and 15 today. But Romans chapter 15 and verse 7 says it very clearly. Accept one another. And then we get the rationale that follows. Just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. That's what we're going to talk about this morning. So let me introduce myself. I'm John Reisner. I serve as lead pastor. Thrilled that you are with us today, and I'm praying that through our time together, your heart and home grow stronger in the Lord. So we learned last week that we are connected to one another. By the way, I'm challenging you to take a puzzle piece. We had them on the the seats last Sunday and fit it into our puzzle in the foyer. So there are still some pieces that need fit in. We made some good progress last Sunday, but we've got three more weeks and the challenge is to complete that puzzle. So do your part, take a puzzle piece and see if you can fit it in as a demonstration, an illustration of you being one piece that is connected to the others. But this morning, as I said, we're in Romans chapters, really 14, and then the first part of 15. And we've got this great challenge before us as we're learning about one anothering. This morning, it is to accept one another. Let me put this really simply for us, kind of in a nutshell. What is this concept? What does this mean? What are we going to learn about together this morning? Simply put, there are matters of personal conviction on which we can differ. You hold a conviction based on the scripture and based on your love of Christ, but someone else doesn't have that same conviction. What do you do? That's accepting one another. It's saying we will serve the Lord together without looking down on someone who's different than I am. Chuck Swindoll tells the sad and true story of a missionary family who was forced to leave the mission field because of peanut butter. Because of peanut butter. They joined the the mission field. They were serving with some other mission families. And they were serving in an area that didn't have peanut butter. And so they arranged for some friends back here in the States to send them peanut butter on the mission field. What they didn't realize was for the other missionaries in their community with whom they were serving, they considered it this sort of mark of spirituality that they didn't have peanut butter. They, they saw that it was, we, we can't get peanut butter here, and so our, our strong belief, essentially, is that we all give up peanut butter uh, as a sacrifice to the Lord while we're on the mission field. The newer missionary family, the, the peanut butter lovers, they just kind of considered this a difference of opinion. So they continued to receive peanut butter. But they weren't accepted, and the scrutiny grew so intense, the family finally, they gave up, they packed their belongings, they left the mission field. Because of peanut butter. So here's what I want to do with the rest of our time together, is I want to walk through this passage of scripture together, Romans chapter 14, and the first part of 15, and I want to share six ways we can accept one another. In fact, this, these six ways form an acronym that spell the word accept. So this is a sweet little acronym. How do we accept one another? We've got six letters that spell the word accept. And it starts with avoid passing judgment. 
So the Roman believers, the, the original audience of this letter, they were divided. Several different issues that Paul addresses. The first is whether or not it was okay to eat meat, which had been sacrificed to idols or false gods. The other was some of them felt that certain days were more spiritual than others. And so there were those who adhered to special diets and special days. And they condemned and looked down upon the others who really kind of enjoyed more liberty. And interestingly enough, it is actually this first group, the ones who are observing and adhering to the special laws and the special days and the special diets. It's this first group that Paul refers to as having a weaker faith. How sad. When people who follow Jesus despise others in the faith and only criticize them rather than growing and learning and following Christ together. And so Paul says very clearly the solution and it's to accept one another. So Romans chapter 14, starting in verse one, accept the first word in this passage, accept the one whose faith is weak without quarreling over disputable matters, disputable matters. I'm not saying that we accept anyone and everyone who just says they're a brother or sister in Christ. No, there are foundational biblical principles, right? About salvation and Jesus and the word of God. He's making very clear here. You accept the ones that differ from you on disputable matters, secondary issues. So continuing on verse two, one person's faith allows them to eat anything, but another whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. The one who eats everything must not treat with contempt to the one who does not. And the one who does not eat everything must not judge the one who does for God has accepted them. Who are you to judge someone else's servant to their own master servants stand or fall and they will stand for the Lord is able to make them stand. So we allow others to hold convictions which differ from our own. We in fact welcome one another despite these differences. Notice the key phrase there at the end of verse three, for God has accepted them. Since we have been accepted by Christ, we then are able to accept one another. It was in the heat of the civil war when one of president Lincoln's advisors mentioned to the president, he was glad that God was on their side. Lincoln replied, sir, my concern is not whether God is on our side. My greatest concern is to be on God's side for God is always right. So there are cases where one has a conviction and I want to be clear about this. That one should follow the conviction. It's important for us to follow in obedience where the Lord is leading us. So one has a conviction and should follow that conviction while another does not share that conviction and should be free to do otherwise. So God accepts both viewpoints. And so we should avoid passing judgment. And again, we're talking about disputable matters. Someone who doesn't hold your same political views. Someone who makes choices in schooling for their children that are different from the choice that you've made for your children. 
your choices or preferences or convictions when it comes to food, when it comes to drink, when it comes to clothing and hairstyles, technology, jewelry, the style of music you listen to, the holidays you choose to celebrate. Like, there is almost an endless supply of things that we can disagree about. (laughs) And the problem is not that we disagree. It's how we disagree. You don't have to agree with someone's opinions or convictions. You don't have to share them. But listen, here's what the scriptures are teaching us. Don't look down on those whom God has accepted. Avoid passing judgment. That's the A. We're doing an acronym that spells accept. How do we accept one another? Avoid passing judgment. Next, commit to live for the Lord alone. Like, so we're all at a different point in our spiritual journey. (laughs) And so... My responsibility is to live for Christ in the place that I'm at with the Lord and what he has taught me and what he has done in my life to walk in obedience in this season of my life. And I'm going to encourage you to do the same thing. Walk in obedience. But it's up to you to seek the Lord, to listen to the Lord's voice, right? And, and then make the choices that you believe align with God's will for you. What is God calling you to do? So this is what I'm saying. Commit to live for the Lord. Discern for yourself the path that God has for you as based on the scripture. So Paul says this in verse 12. We're in uh, Romans chapter 14. He says, each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. So I'm responsible to the Lord and you are responsible to the Lord. And so we are to give very careful thought, prayerful consideration to all of the principles taught in scripture. And as we commit to live for the Lord, we should strive to see fellow members of the body of Christ, brothers and sisters, as members of the same team, part of the same spiritual family, part of God's kingdom. So let's jump back down to verse 5. We're in Romans chapter 14. One, con- one person considers one day more sacred than another. Another considers every day alike. Uh, and I, I should say there, you know, it's like the seventh day Adventists and they take very literally the idea that the seventh day, which is Saturday, the Sabbath is a holy day is a set apart day, like very literally. And so they choose to gather and worship on Saturdays. Whereas we believe that we, we believe the spiritual principles of Sabbath and rest, but we know we can do that any day of the week. Any of the seven days, we can choose to rest. Any of the seven days, we can worship. Any of the seven days, we can gather to study God's word. So that's kind of like a current example of what's happening here in Rome. Uh, And and then Paul says they're very clear. Second part of verse 5. Each of them should be fully convinced in their own mind. So we accept those who, who have that interpretation. We say that's fine. Gather on the day that you believe is convicted. We can gather any day we want. So then verse six, whoever regards one day as special does so to the Lord. Whoever eats meat does so to the Lord for they give thanks to God. And whoever abstains does so to the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives for ourselves alone. None of us dies for ourselves alone. If we live, we live for the Lord. If we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. So we commit to live for the Lord alone. What would our lives be like if we weren't so worried and concerned about what other people are doing, about what other people are thinking, if our sole focus was, I'm going to live for the glory of God?
God doesn't need any help judging people. God doesn't need my help in judging people. But it's just so easy to point fingers at others, isn't it? It's just so easy when, when someone disagrees with me or has a difference of opinion or, or lives by a different conviction, it's so easy to point a finger. To either say, wow, what wanton sinfulness because they don't keep that conviction. Or to say, oh, what rampant legalism because they're following rules. I read a story about a, a neighborhood in Connecticut. This is a true story. Um, 53 residents were fed up and created a neighborhood petition to stop reckless driving on their streets. And so as soon as the petition passed, the police set up a patrol and they pulled over five violators. All five had signed the petition. They were so enraged at the bad driving that was happening in their neighborhood. (laughs) And who was it that was doing it? It was them. So let's not be so harsh with one another. We have been accepted by Christ. Let's choose to accept one another. So we commit to live for the Lord alone. That's the first C. The second C is to control yourself in love. So we don't then dismiss the convictions of others and just press on with our own choices and our own ways if it causes harm or distress. We don't just press on. We don't just bulldoze one another. We are to operate with concern for our brothers and sisters in Christ. So here's what Paul teaches in this passage. Do not put a stumbling block in in the way of a brother or sister. We are to control ourselves in love. Our actions have an effect on others. So if we look at verse 15, we're in Romans chapter 14. It says, if your brother or sister is distressed because of what you eat, And so we could apply that and understand that to mean the words you say, the choices you make, the lifestyle you live, the convictions you hold. If a brother or sister is distressed because of what you eat or what you're doing, it says you are no longer acting in love. And so I begin to realize that I am out of bounds if I use my freedom in such a way that causes someone else to struggle. So I shouldn't flaunt my freedoms in Christ, nor should I try to fence others in with my rules and regulations. I found that some people have a conviction about their wedding rings. The conviction is to never take it off. Maybe some of you are in that same boat. It's this conviction. It's like, I put this on the day that I committed to my spouse and I'm never going to take it off. To take it off would mean breaking my vows and, and dishonoring my spouse. There are people who have this conviction. It's like, the ring is never coming off. There are others who, they don't have that conviction. If you're going to do a job and your hands are going to get dirty, you take the ring off. It doesn't mean anything about your your wedding vows. You're not free to break your wedding vows, anything like that. It's just simply a difference in conviction. And so if you're with a friend and you know they have this conviction about the wedding ring and maybe you're going to do a job together and normally you'd take the ring off, like this would be an example of saying, I'm just going to leave it on. Because I know it would be horrifying to this person to see me take my wedding band off. And so I'm going to leave it on. I know that's a conviction they have. I don't have that conviction. But when I'm with them and we're working on this project, I'm going to leave the wedding band on. We choose not to make minor 
matters into major issues. We choose to control ourselves in love. We act in love. Why? We don't want to cause a stumbling block in the way of someone else. And so we don't bulldoze one another. We don't just run headlong into the way we want to live. We are mindful and concerned about the well-being of others. So we control ourselves in love. Okay, let's keep going. We're working through the acronym of accept. How do we accept one another? The next one is to edify everyone. Edify everyone you can. The Lord wants us to build one another up. And our actions, our attitudes and words, the person we are, all of those things, they are either strengthening or weakening those that are around you. Your coworkers, your family, your friends, your neighbors. Like maybe you've not been doing it intentionally, but unless you're trying to build someone up, unless you're trying to encourage them, chances are you're probably tearing them down. So Paul says it very clearly in verse 19. He says, let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and mutual edification. And I'm preaching to myself more than anyone else this morning. When I say, too often our first instinct is to criticize. Rather than build up and encourage and show gratitude and appreciation, it's here's what you did wrong and here's what should be done better. How many times did you go out of your way to thank the umpire at your kid's baseball game? Versus the times you voiced your disapproval. Again, maybe we're not doing it intentionally. But if we're not intentional about being someone who edifies and builds up, the chances are you are tearing down the people that are in your life. Be someone who encourages and builds up. How do we accept one another? We become someone who edifies. Okay, the P in accept is to personalize your convictions. So again, like there are, there are truths from the scripture that all Christian believers, brothers and sisters in Christ, w- must accept. They are explicitly taught foundational truths about the kingdom of God and salvation in Christ. But there are a lot of things. There's almost this endless list of things that we can disagree on, things that we can debate, opinions that you have and that I have. The problem is, so many of us feel like we have to tell people what we've decided about every single disputable matter. <laughs> and so, according to verse 22, we're in Romans chapter 14, the way of wisdom is actually to keep some things personal or private. Here, here's, what, here's what Paul says to the church in Rome, Romans 14, 22, so whatever you believe about these things, keep between yourself and God. <laughs> keep between yourself and God. What is the harm in sometimes people not knowing where I stand on an issue? What is the harm on sometimes keeping my mouth closed and not giving my opinion or my thought? It's the wisdom of Scripture that says these are disputable matters. You need to accept one another even when they differ from you. And sometimes you just keep it between yourself and God. You personalize your convictions. You keep it private. So accepting others sometimes means we don't just spout off about our differences. We choose to unite. 
Okay, uh, we have one more letter in our acronym for how do we accept one another. It's the letter T, and it is to treasure people. To treasure people like Jesus does. When we view people as God sees them, when we remember Christ has died for them, when we recognize each person is a masterpiece made in God's image, we accept them, we treasure them, we take great delight in them. This is really the the teaching that comes from chapter 15, verses 1 through 7. Phil read it for us. We're not going to read through each of those verses again. But if we look at verse 2, it says, We should help others do what is right and build them up in the Lord. This passage talks a lot about what Jesus has done and how he gave the sacrifice ultimately and set the example ultimately for each of us to follow. And in some ways then, when we compare with what Jesus has done for us, (laughs) then my part in treasuring others and building up others seems really small. It seems really doable. You see, because here's the good news, that in God's goodness, he sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to pay the penalty for our sins, to offer forgiveness for each and every one of us, because we've all done wrong. We've all sinned and separated ourselves from a holy and loving God. So he sent Jesus to rescue us from the flames of hell. Jesus, who, who willingly laid down his life, he, he came as the perfect sacrifice so that all who believe in him would have the hope of eternal life. What good news. That we are accepted by God, not because we are acceptable, not because we've earned it, but because of the shed blood of Jesus and because of our desperate plea to then say, oh God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I love the way Peter mentions it in Acts chapter 10 and verse 35. It says, God accepts the one who fears him and does what is right. It's the fear of God. It's simply saying, okay, God, you're way bigger than I am and you're in control. And I submit to you. And I want you to know this morning that our prayer team is going to be available right here in the front after the service. We would be honored to pray with you and to walk with you before God's throne of grace. To give your life and heart to him, to lay down a burden at his feet. But we invite you to come after the service. We'd be honored to pray with you and to walk with you before the Lord. So let's review. (laughs) How do we accept one another? This acronym of A-C-C-E-P-T. Avoid passing judgment. Commit to live for the Lord alone. Control yourself in love. Edify everyone you can. Personalize your convictions and treasure people just like Jesus does. So here's my encouragement this morning as we talk about this aspect of one anothering, to accept one another. Let's learn to embrace one another. Even when we don't see eye to eye. Like by God's grace, let's accept one another. And as previously mentioned, I'm, I'm praying and believing that we will put our face in God's book more than we put it in Facebook. That we will guard this sweet unity we share that he has given to us. That's sealed by the Holy Spirit. He has accepted us. And therefore, we will accept one another. Let's pray together.
O good and gracious God. We admit freely this morning our faults and our failures. That all we like sheep have gone astray. But we know what the scriptures say, that you are the good shepherd. And so, Lord, we entrust our souls to you. We pray, Lord, that you would help us in this great task to discern what you're calling us to do and to live it out with radical obedience. And at the same time, Lord, to accept the one who doesn't have the same conviction. So, Lord, would you give us grace? Would you give us a heart of love, first of all, for you, that we would love you with all of our heart, soul, mind and strength. And that then, oh God, we would love our neighbor, love one another as we love ourselves. We pray that in that, oh Lord, you would be the one who gets the glory and the honor as the good news of Jesus spreads to the ends of the earth. We thank you, Lord, for the small part you privilege us in sharing the life giving power of Jesus with the world. We pray that would happen, Lord, by your might and according to your plan. So, Lord, we bless you and we thank you. We pray it all in Jesus' precious name. Amen.